0: If you're interested in having sessions or certification training, go to pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, Karen. Hello. Yeah, this is Karen Munster-Peters. She's a psychologist, life coach, and energy healer. She specializes in giftedness, child development, parenting, and highly sensitive people. You can find her at thevibrantsensitive.com and on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, This is our second podcast together. On our first podcast, we covered Karen's professional development and work life. And this podcast will focus on the personal development and personal life. So that we'll see the healer's journey and spiritual awakenings on the way in this life and in past lives and the practices of self-care and self-development to be an advanced professional healer in the now. So we'll look at questions like, does a healer need to be healed to practice healing? comes up with me and the students and people I work with a lot Uh, self-esteem is a big one and the self as developed by childhood and cultural conditioning and congruence and self-care in walking the talk so that's all coming up so you've got a really interesting uh, origin story in terms of uh, your your own childhood so can you tell us a little bit about you know where you were born and how you're raised in your your formative years
1: Yes, so uh, I was born in the Dominican Republic. My father was Dutch and my mother was Dominican. Uh, My father was a geologist, uh, so he was an original gold digger. (laughs) He was really looking, searching for for gold. He did, he found it uh, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Not for us, unfortunately, for an American company. (laughs) But he did, uh, and in that same village where he found gold, he met my mom. Um, he had already two children with, uh, another Dominican woman uh, before he met my mother and, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's interesting to me, just, just Dominic, just being Dominican is, it's just, um, when I first, I think a couple of years ago, I went back much more, a lot more to my roots. So, and actually exploring like what it meant to me to be Dominican and what it is that, uh being dominican is um but I, I i grew up there you know in a very in a very big household as dominican households are they're never you're never alone uh you're always there's always an an auntie a cousin an extra con you know it's, it's always like an in and out of people coming into your home into the home and they'll live with you for a certain amount and then move on and it, and then somebody else will come uh there's always help in the in the household uh by someone um so that that aspect was was very much present that you had like that village uh you know you 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 went out of your house and in and, and, and we weren't we weren't in a village we were in the city we were in santo domingo uh but even there you still you were still being raised by everyone you know, you 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 went outside and it was a neighbor. You went out there and it was you know there was always people. Um, so you grew up very very independent, um, and I think that that was something that really really formed me. But the fact that there was always more people around to be uh, an attachment figure was it's it's so vital. That it's not just that one person that we here in the Western culture, we know there's all that pressure there. Like that's the one person, and <laughs> you better get it right. <laughs> uh, so it's like in in a culture like Dominican Republic, people are lo- are allowed to be more flawed. So in in their flawness, like okay, so the help comes in to to help with that, you know, and 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 we don't have that like. I have three children now and, and, and throughout, you know, 23 years of parenting, I miss my village, (laughs) you know, like, Oh man, there's, it's all on me. And, um, that that was really one of the most important aspects for me as growing up there. Um, like that, like that village, um, of course it's a very it's a very dominican republic it's a catholic voodoo voodoo country um which which means they're they're they're, they're they believe in god <laughs> you better be going to church but <laughs> you know that chicken right there might be the devil so Every aspect of like that, like they're always believing that that devil—it's—it's it's everywhere. It can be everywhere. You can be the devil right now. Who says I'm the real Karen? You know, and that aspect um was extremely scary to me <laughs> as a child uh, growing up, and uh that that, but it it really forms um, the whole culture. Yeah, it's, it's that. Fear of God, <laughs> and and at the same time faith in God, and and then there's this this dark aspect that is like always in the undercurrent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got a question on that. Before I yeah. ask that, uh, I'm yeah. curious. So you were born to Dominican and Dutch parents, yeah. but you were yeah. raised in the Dominican Republic the first yeah. twelve years. So did you was firstly was there an issue? Did you feel half Dominican and half European? Or because you were born so up didn't. there. Okay.
1: So I didn't. So this is so interesting to me. Uh with because especially like when with um you know um how do you say like conditioning. Um when I went when I, w- I left to the, the Dominican Republic when I was 12. So it's keeping a few years, but I'll I'll get to my point. Yeah. And the first time it was the first time I realized that I was half, that I was mixed. Right. Right. I well, never realized that it was never an issue. It was never a thing.
0: Well, that's actually quite nice. I thought they might have made an issue about it in, in the Dominican Republic not being accepted, but you completely were.
1: No, there is, of course, there's this inverted racism going in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the white people are, are are good, are better, are uh, clean. Right. <laughs> uh, so I might look really dark now, but I was actually a really blonde child. <laughs> I was a very blonde, blonde, very white child, um, and and I have very blonde daughters. <laughs> the brothers like everybody's like, how can they be yours? Like, look at my pictures; they're mine. <laughs> and I was blonde too. Uh, so um, and I had like that straight hair, and um, like you could not even put a little. It was just so. They, 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 they would, it's not so much as that they will be, um, there's no, ra- there's no reason of saying like, you're different. But I was very much loved. Like, oh, you know, la rubia, which is the blonde one. I was, they called me la rubia. Me, yes, they did. So, right, la rubia. And, and then in that aspect, I, I was never... But but there were many mixed children. So that's the thing. The Dominican Republic is so mixed. It's so my very very dark cousin have a blonde child with blue eyes. Right, like it just popped out. Right, it's just because it's the the that that culture. All those all that history comes together in 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 these colonial countries. Right. Yeah. So. So you never know like what color is gonna kind of pop out. It just you don't. <laughs> it could yeah. be like so so that in that aspect, it was like, oh, she, you know, she's so, uh, she's whiter, so it's a good thing. But it was never like that that made me mixed or that, that made my mother less. Right. So that was what was so weird about so when I got to the Canada, and they were, oh, so you're mixed? Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a a label. There was no label around that. You're mixed. No, you're <laughs> you're just, you know, like like all of us were all mixed.
0: Okay. So yeah.
1: so so to go to a country where all of a sudden that's like, and you and I had to kind of like recognize myself as I'm also part black. I just didn't. That it still doesn't resonate in my body, and uh, with a lot of issues going, like and all the things in America and other things. Like, look, that's your history. That's not my history. Uh, my history doesn't say that to me. My history doesn't make me less. That your history probably did that to you, but you're asking me to own something that is not mine. Yeah. I never felt less.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So it's, yeah. It's, Yeah. So actually we'll come to like the, the cultural clash or like the switching of cultures and then uh, recognizing the cultural conditioning by contrast. But before Mm. we do that, I'm curious to know. So we've established then you're essentially, you know, a a, a purely Dominican child in childhood raised Mm. by the village, but you also mentioned the dark undercurrents there's God in Christianity, but there's also the voodoo, which is, you know, the devil and Satan and watch out. And so you've actually got an interesting uh, bio on your website, and you say yeah. Dominican children are pretty much raised by the devil. He is everywhere, yeah. and he would come and get you. Spanking, yeah. shaming is how parents get respect. And uh, and then you said that resulted in deeply rooted fears and extreme nightmares. He even said I've never slept through the night since. It's a-
1: I still haven't.
0: <laughs> That's a <laughs> and, huge and, and statement. I've
1: done a lot of things, a lot of work. I still I still don't sleep. When people say to me, when people say like, oh, I, oh my God, I had such a bad night. I woke up twice. I'm like that would be like a fantastic night for me like just to wake up I wake up every 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 hour or, or more so uh no it's it's um it's it's a real thing and and you know of course I go back a lot to Dominican Republic I lived there two years um in 2018 2020 and just to see how the, that that same thing there's it's still there it, like they're, they're they're trying to become more aware like we shouldn't be spanking so much but they really still believe it's a it's a it's a good thing it's a good thing like we're teaching them respect we're like we're teaching them that they cannot show up in society like this um and and I've had many conversations especially with family members and then when I hear my cousin you know to her children saying you know, el Cuco, el Cuco está aquí. el cuco te viene a buscar. The Cuckoo is the, the, the boo the boogeyman, right? Like he's yeah. gonna come and get you. And you know I'm like, <laughs> you know, like it it crushes me because like they have they not everyone is a sensitive. No one not everyone reacts the same way. But I literally did not sleep with my lights off for years. I had to sleep with my little brother. If he wasn't allowed to sleep with me, I would sneak into his bedroom. <laughs> mm. I, I, I I, wouldn't still and still like and I've done I'm doing so well um, that are certain things that will kind of like still get me there that I'm that I'm lying in bed and, I'll, <gasps> and like what's in here? What's what's here? Right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I
0: think sorry, I think it's quite useful to hear this because a lot of people might think, well, it's not. you've got a master's degree in psychology or Dutch and, you know, life was easy for you, but I have a, a tough childhood. I've got some ongoing issues I'm dealing with, so I can't be here like you are. But what this is telling us is that you had a tough childhood in, in, a, in some ways and that there are ongoing issues, but that doesn't stop you from doing all the work that you're doing.
1: No, well, and it and it drove me really, like, seriously, I think, I think the first 20 years of my life, I I would, I was in despair. I was in a constant despair asking, like, whatever was up there under the shower, screeching, why me, right? Like, why are do I see all these people kind of like going along lines, like, there's just so neutral. And and I seem to have like this acceptance ex- tolerated, complete everything on top of me, one on top of the other, one, one, and 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 I just couldn't grasp like why do I need so much pain all the time. Um I mean my mom and my mom and I were we're we're not my mom had a brain hemorrhage a couple of years ago, six years ago and, and she's she's not doing well um, physically um but she's she's pretty okay mentally she's pretty there and we've done a lot of work on it we've done a lot of things have been spoken (laughs) truths have been said um but he and i've had a very conflicted relationship all throughout all the years i mean he would just go into rage and then i mean if i dropped the plastic bag that just broke because it broke because it was too heavy i would get slapped I mean, I would get. It wasn't just. Uh, it was. I'm not talking about a little spanking. I, I mean, she would physically get twigs that are specially bl- can produce blood when they're made wet, so that you would bleed. Um, and and we we had and and that was really really tough because I was getting you know stronger and stronger and, and bigger and bigger and she's Dominican and I'm not <laughs> and I'm 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 ah, so got like a few centimeters on her. Yeah. And 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 I just I, I I went into that space within myself where I was like, you know, like you can't reach me anymore. You've hit me so often. You cannot hurt me anymore. Bring it on. And that would enrage her more. So there was like all these these aspects that I would be like, I when I went to Canada, to be brutally honest, it wasn't because like I, I love I would have loved to go anywhere. I, I was always very much reading about the states said, oh, high school. I wanted to go there, right? Uh, but it was to get me away from my mom. It was my dad saying, "If I don't, if you don't go now, one of you going to end up killing each other." And, and that was the, the the reality of it that we were just so completely not the same type of people. <laughs> that uh, she had no clue what my world was. She, I had no clue what her world was. And as I've grown older, I have understood it more and more. Her conditioning, her conditioning did this to her. And she was trying to keep me safe. Like, I get that now, but I, a child doesn't understand that. Yeah. Like, why, if I'm falling, why am I being beaten on my wound? And in her conditioning, if I have a wound, I'm not pretty. So I will never find a husband. So I will not be safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it got, it took me years and years of work <laughs> to yeah. get to that place of, of not only understanding the culture, but forgiving that within her. And within myself for all
0: the thoughts that I've had around that. Yeah, so it's actually interesting <laughs> from your uh, your life story. I know you you left the Dominican Republic about when you were about twelve. You had a mm-hmm. couple of years in Canada, and then yes. you moved to the Netherlands. And your mother yes. you were separated from your mother in Canada for the most part, and then your mother. Uh, and then tried to go to the Netherlands, but found out she wasn't happy and moved back to the Dominican Republic. So that's yeah. indicated, like she has her Dominican cultural conditioning and she could yeah. not, would not, did not adapt to life in Europe and went back to the Dominican Republic and she yeah. stays there now, does she? Yeah. And so, yeah. and so, but, and that, but you were really, you know, a mixed European Dominican parentage, but yeah. really a, a real Dominican upbringing. But when you mm-hmm. went to Europe, you did adapt And so now, and you, you've also would have then changed, she, your mother was conditioned by her grandmother and did what her grandmother did. You are not doing what your mother did. (laughs) Different style, right?
1: It's completely different.
0: Yeah. So how did you, how did you adapt to Europe? What was it like for you? Uh, So your mother was there and didn't like it, but you did adapt uh, and you then spent what, 26 years in the Netherlands and in a lot of ways, you, did. you feel Dutch?
1: I, I I did feel Dutch for the, especially, I think the first, I think the first 10 years I felt really Dutch. A lot of the Dominican culture, it's not me. I don't straighten my hair. I don't, I'm not covered in makeup. I, I'm not fixated about my uh, the outside world. I'm very much about the inside world. Yeah. And um, when I, w- I, I think the first time I went back after I left, I had, that, I had that moment when I was 16 years old, and I went to visit my old friends, and they were all with the polished nails and the perfectly eyebrows and all the hair, and I was like, yeah, out of here, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's just so not me. Um, and I really liked the Dutch, um, back then, not anymore, <laughs> The Dutch system of uh, equality, a little bit more like there's not that big uh, poverty and rich uh, divide. Yeah, um, And that was really painful to me. I was always that very sensitive child. I mean, if they, my dad would give me five phases to go get candy at the corner store, by the time I got to the corner store, the money was gone because I would give it to homeless people, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't get there. Okay. <laughs> I was always that kid. So I was always in a lot of pain for for um, people who didn't have it, who didn't have what we had. And we didn't. We weren't rich in the Dominican Republic. we were pretty middle class. We I mean, I went to really good school, but I went there on scholarship. Um, so for so for me to and I was always in that divide in that school, I was with the extreme Dominican elite in school, like with kids that were like flying out everywhere they had their yachts they had their everything and we, there we go I, I we had a little middle class so I have family home yeah. and we were we were much richer than of course my Dominican family but we we never had that that excess of um of the, my my peers yeah. so I was always navigating in this world of 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 abundance of extreme abundance and poverty i would go in the weekends to my family and we would sleep 10 in one bed and the leaking like sink roof and then you know in the weekend later i would be at a villa at a mansion in in you know in casa de campo which is the, where the, all the rich go so i was always navigating these things and i think that that made me i don't know i think with with all these Am I Dutch? Am I am I Dominican? I I felt more Dutch for a long time until I realized that the Dutch culture also caps off growth.
0: It, it, it the, cut, cuts off it growth. Caps off,
1: it Pets. caps off the Dutch don't like people to excel. Right. It's everyone has to be just be normal. Yep. Why are you not normal? Why aren't you happy yet? Yeah. Why aren't you happy yet? And Dominicans have the big cheerleading aspect of them. Like, we're just going to go conquer the world one little business side business at a time. No, they don't believe that you can't make it. And the Dutch are like, are you sure? Are you sure? You're going to start your own practice right of university? Who do you think you are? Oh, my God. And my Dominican family would be like, oh, my God, of course you're going to do that. Wow! Yes, you do that. You go for it. And the Dutch are like, i you sure? Shouldn't you be like, you know, working for a boss first, and you know, getting experience? No, 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 no. You're putting yourself at risk. Oh my god! And and then that's when we realize, okay, I I I was in two different worlds. Um, because then that's when I realized I just go for it. I don't care. I go for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So how yeah. about so that's kind of an awakening, uh, awakening to I don't have to be like the the furry conformist. Uh, everybody's the same, uh, mm-hmm. but then what about the initial awakening from I've had this culture beaten into me by my mom, and this is how to be Dominican and watch out for the devil and God and everything. And you then you awakened out and, and you know where have the makeup and everything, and then you awoke out of that. So what was it? Was it like the first time of just sort of realizing all this stuff been told for the first 12, 14 years? Uh, doesn't really add up in this second culture.
1: I think I never did the makeup thing. <laughs> right. I think but, that was but, one of the, but like, one, of the well, one of the like, like
0: for the example but, so you, your your friends in the Netherlands have got no makeup, yeah. but then you tell them oh yeah. if you do this the devil will get you and they go, what are you talking about?
1: Well no, because I never I, I, I never talked about it in that in that way. Because I think but, Yeah, but uh, what
0: but what about even your inner dialogue? You know, how do you talk about it to yourself?
1: i i never i didn't i i didn't it was just it was i never talked i i think i repressed that so long about about uh the devil aspect i just like try to get through it um there were there were always signs that it was there like i could not even look at a bible if i would if i if i even somebody even tried to talk to me about the bible or or read to me a, a bible verse i would seriously just go into an anxiety attack okay um it just it just like it the the bible what other people would see as a a sign of, of love or whatever for me was just evil it was just so scary i couldn't even touch it okay so I think I didn't. I it wasn't a conscious thing. I think it drove me more. It was it was there in my subconscious all the time on the sleep, right? Because that's how it showed up. Like in my normal life, it wasn't present because I just moved on and I left that country and and I was in a country when it wasn't spoken of. Um, but I did. But it was there in my sleep. Right. I was always afraid of the dark. I was always afraid of sleeping um Yeah. that's that, that 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 and, and, and that, that's the thing it's always in the sleep because in my normal life i'm the person that goes in i don't care where i'm alone at night at 3 p.m at 3 a.m and it doesn't do anything for me like in my in my wake state i'm fearless
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah,
1: but when i it's the sleep, it's the unknown of what is there.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's, that, that's like so. You've got hypnosis training. Hypnosis mm. is the foundation of my work. So to me, that's the kind of thing. Why do you get so interested in the subconscious? Therefore, hypnotherapy. Therefore, the superconscious and memories and things in the past and past conditioning. This life and yeah. past life. That's why. You no, know, I think everyone who gets into this field has to deeply connect with the concept of the subconscious becomes very yeah. real and experiential. And so that's part of what happens with you. And so, uh, so then, so then you were woken from even the Dutch system. You know, we talked last time about the educational system with some limitations and you're saying yeah. now they're a little bit, you know, just sort of uh, stay in the herd. Don't yeah. jump, don't be a tall poppy or do things your own way. Okay. But now just okay. recently in the last couple of years, you've moved to Portugal and so yeah. what, well, and so still in Europe, but you are now out of a city, you're in like a, a farmy kind of area, rural area, something like that, isn't it? So tell us yeah. about th- that move and that transition and, and, uh, and, so and what was behind they,
1: that. Yeah, it, that's interesting because, because of course we're, we are continually like, what's, why do we why are we doing so well here? We, we went back to the Dominican Republic for two years and I wanted to know myself within that space again. I wanted to go to the Dominican Republic to see who am I, Right exactly that who am I as a Dominican woman um and I wanted to know myself there as an adult not just on holidays but as an adult who am I there um I realized it's not my thing again I'm just not very Dominican (laughs) in those in that in the sense that I I just the things that that matter to them I don't give a yeah and, um, and that makes makes it really, you know, I'm always kind of like, I have to feel like that I had to be in that space of saying, Oh, you know, no, no, I'm not not interested. No, I do not want to go to the bar at 3am. No, I don't, you know, like, Dominican women are are, are very um, partying all their life, you will see granny. 70 still party. Okay. Uh, I don't have that in my body. <laughs> Never had. Maybe one year as a teenager. That's it. Uh, I like my bed. <laughs> Even yeah. though I don't sleep much, I do yeah. like it. Okay. Um, so we went back. So we we decided to go to Portugal. And because we didn't want to go back to the Netherlands, we thought, no, that's just like totally not it. And we didn't want to um, we, we we couldn't, we, we didn't want to stay in the Dominican Republic. And we landed here just, it was total coincidence. It wasn't, my husband has had been digging, like let's go to Portugal for a while. And I was like, no, no, I don't wanna learn another language. I already have so many languages in my head.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my God, one more, but I didn't wanna do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, with, because of everything that is the pandemic and things like that, I said, okay, well, let's do it. Let's try it. And we've really loved it here. It's it's I think I think we're in between now, like really literally like that. Um it's not Dominican Republic, but it's not Europe either. Okay. <laughs> it's it's pretty in in the they're the Portuguese are very humble, are very humble people. They're 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 so humble. They're it's just like sometimes, you know, like I want I have to like 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 beg them to take my money, you know? <laughs> Like it's here, all the alternative uh, practices are too cheap. Like seriously, they don't understand the value of what they're bringing to the table. Right. And uh, because they're so, they're just so happy to be doing. And they're it's it's the whole culture. They're so humble. They're much, They're they're very. The country's just so. Um, they have it has such a slower pace. Uh, Dominica is very. Right. They you say, um, I want to I need somebody to create a business for birthday parties for 10 year old girls. There'll be 20 Dominicans in a row with a full business plan for you to present within an hour. If you send it to a Dominican, they go uh, to a Portuguese, they go, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 there to to do there they don't have that thing dominicans are so very very and and i'm and i'm very much in between like i'm i'm in my in my outside world I'm, i can be very high but i need to be able to just go down yeah. and i didn't have that opportunity in the dominican republic i couldn't get out of it and here it's just like it's a completely different vibration the, the, the land the the, the hills is different
0: Yeah, I think a lot of what you're talking about touches on like really knowing who you are, uh, but discovering who you are and also being clear about what you're not. And I think all these are qualities that are really helpful of like, and so this is all your personal life and your personal things, but I think it really helps that when you act as a professional, as a healer. Having this uh, self value. So you talk about they don't quite understand the value that they have, but you understand you've got self-esteem. You've also got authority. If you want to go out and do this and that, I'm not gonna do it. And this is what I do, this is what I don't do. And I think that's really important for therapists and student therapists to, to understand because a lot of people they uh, they treat their, their client as they want to be their friend, they want they're needy for their client's approval, they get caught, they get hypnotized by the suggestions of their client. Oh, I want to do this and that, and then they go along with it. They get dragged into their client's drama, and instead, we really need to be a leader and have them have a highest perspective and lead people out of it. So you've been a leader in your life. You just didn't tow the line and stay in Dominican Republic and for twelve years. I'm Dominican. I'm not even you know Dutch, but then you didn't also tow the line in the other culture. That sort of uh, you know the flip side, and you've really found mm-hmm. that you're the third way, which is that you know your own path, which is not determined by your cultural conditioning and i think that quality yeah, is is what healers really need to have you don't have to leave your country or whatever but you have to have that kind of a mindset so does that make sense what do you think
1: that makes a lot of sense and and, and it's one of the things that i mostly talk i talk about this a lot with my clients um because the thing is that i don't th- for me it doesn't feel like like a choice to to be me yeah <laughs> like th- there's the the if i if i'm not me i'm not well i really'm not well it's like again it's that soul soul pairing um, moment when you're when you you feel completely out of alignment with who you are and your values yeah and if if and it's that it's that compass energy that is always saying to me you're not on track you have to you have even if it feels really uncomfortable and if you have to speak a truth that is not pretty about what you need, you must speak it because the 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 other side of that is pain.
0: Yeah.
1: It's 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 depression. It's burnout. So we want to have we have to make sure as healers that we're so boundary. You know, I'm a very intelligent person, and I'm so qualified in many things. So this does not mean I have to do them all. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, and and a lot of people say, oh, you can do that. And like it's true, but I don't want to. Yeah. And you can do that. True. But that doesn't that doesn't move my 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 soul. That doesn't get me started. So it's so, you know, when I see a lot of people, a lot of therapists starting out and they're so wide in their in their and what they're doing that it's like, what do you really do? And they don't even know themselves what they're doing because they're just their, their scope is so wide. And they and they are just taking everything because oh, it's making me money. But is it making you happy?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are think... you
1: actually are you actually um, crafting your your thing by doing it?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: and that is, I think, the most important thing we need to, as healers, we have to understand, look, we have, we have, probably we can do 500 things, but you don't have to.
0: Yeah. So actually, I want to come back to that. But uh, before we do, just even uh, like the idea of uh, like healing the healer. So that's one mm. thing people have said before we even get to that. So I think the, the big point there is like people have to know their own voice. So this yeah. comes with a lot of artists. They really, you know, until you have a really, you know, you you have to really present an authentic version of you instead of the person who really inspired you to do what you do. And then you sort of just do an impression of them. And oh. I think a lot of artists do that, you know, comedians will, you know, uh, whoever their favorite comedian is for the first two years, they'll sort of be doing an impression of it and mm. therapists can do it as well, you know, with, yes. with, uh, and, and, or they pick up a lot of different trainings and then like, I could do this or that. But if you've yep. got, if you're trained in nine modalities and you try to do all of them in the same session, it's a mess, you know? Infinite. So you've got to really know what you are and, and yep. do that. And and a lot of times less is more, uh, but a part, and so being congruent, but a part of that as well is that point where it comes out of that, that own pain. So people might feel that, you know, if I'm having these pains and issues and discomforts, mm-hmm. then how am I going to heal other people? But a lot of what you're saying is that is the kind of thing that keeps you honest and forces you to know who you are because it's your pain. And so everyone, all those other people, those other unique voices came out of their own background. And so honestly, and a lot of people, you know, just honestly dealing with it uh, is important uh, and and knowing that you there's an ongoing process where it's not incongruent to have your own stuff you're working on while you're helping other people with, with theirs.
1: I think the the, the biggest uh, misconception there is out there is that we have to have it all figured out. Because I, I would say when we're done, we're dead. And probably right. and we're not, then we'll come back again for the rest, you know, yeah. so I don't believe we are ever done. I think we're always just deepening our own processes and our own understanding of ourselves. Yeah, I think that's the whole and I, I even say to my clients, healing is not a result it's the process of awakening and awareness yep. into the self. Um, Because I mean, again, should I be feeling a problem that I haven't healed all my fibromyalgia pain? You know what, I sometimes I do. And sometimes and, and but I realize it makes me such a better healer. Because I know the processes that are necessary yeah. to go deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper. Yeah. It's it's that that rabbit hole that we're going into. And every every bit of relief that we get from that, every moment of awakening, of understanding, of even an insight just releases something in the body. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, and will I ever be done? I don't think so. I probably that's my belief. And that's why I'm never done. <laughs> but what? I do believe that it makes me a um, a more relatable healer. Uh, a more authentic healer. I, I take my clients on all my journeys, they know my pain, they know my struggles. And, and that's why they stand up for me because they know that they don't have to be perfect.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's the, something to having a hard, honest look at yourself and even the humbleness that you resonate with in Portugal yeah. uh, and, and, the, and the willingness to be uncomfortable and honestly look at the things that are causing you really pain and that do need yeah. to be dealt with. Because i tell you, as a teacher and as a therapist, the most damaging, dangerous thing you will ever see is a healer who thinks that they're healed, believes yeah. that they're healed, gives themselves positive self-talk that they're healed and are not healed. I've oh, had people, I've,
1: I've, I've had people, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I've had people argue with me about, um, you know, uh, that seems, you know, that they, they're having an emotional ab reaction. Their mm-hmm. pain is coming up and destroying the interaction, which is, uh, mm-hmm. and they will then say, but you don't understand. I, I've been working on this for 20 years and I've figured it out. <laughs> No, you haven't. You are absolutely no. lying to me. Do not lie. You've got to. And and the, and the reason they're lying is because there's a complete lack of self-awareness and a complete lack of humility. These are the people that have the self-esteem, but they're like, you know, one thousand pounds for a session because what I do is so valuable. These people who overcharge, and so I that know. that culture is so poisonous. But the mm. people but really, those people suffer so much but they're the ones that will put them on the, themselves on a pedestal and it's so damaging to their themselves and, and anyone that would choose to work with them, but they do get sucked into it because they're very, a lot of these people are very good at marketing. So I pulled down the mask of this particular person that I thought of. She's a great marketer. She makes a ton of money, but she's full of on, and that's the yeah. honest truth. And she needs a lot of people. We build up their self-esteem, but she needs to bring a lot of this stuff down and and but it's uncomfortable to do so and she didn't want to uh and she's spent that life you know shielding herself from that truth and it uh, and just the poverty and that you talk about she's the, one of the richest healers i know but she's by far the poorest and yeah, and yeah, it's sad well, to I, see, I, and that that, that plays that out at time. various levels yeah do you do you, you see, see that, that a lot i
1: see that all the time yeah i see that all the time and i and and that's where i'm you know one of the most, I think one of the most valuable tools we can have as human beings are just be in observation mode for a while. Just observe, you know, what What are you seeing, you know? It's, you don't have to engage with everything. You just, just observe, what, what's happening here? And when I first started in the online world, because I, I did my physical practice since 2005, um, and I went online a little, 2013, 14, 15, right? And I bought into so much bullshit. <laughs> Just a good marketing pages, right? And they're like, oh my God, they have some. And then they end up hiring me to help them. And then you're like, oh my God, they're all full crap And <laughs> that taught me so much. Because I realized it, so I did that for a long time. I was working with a lot of people who were online and they were marketing themselves so big and they're asking for so much money. And then they come to me and I'm like, "Oh my God, we're a little baby, so we're like we only need just some some cuddling." Yet they will never come out uh, to the outside world with it. So I'm not free, of, of course, to, to to call them on them either, with from from your integrity and from your uh, code of <laughs> uh, of ethics. Uh, yet it taught me not just to I like a lot of stuff it's like am i cynic now am i being cynic i don't think i am mean i think i'm just being real and and that a, a lot of therapists that are starting out in in this online world and even in the in the in in the, on a physical level just physical practices etc just be so careful with what people are selling because most of them just have a template that they're recreating over and over again and i'm telling you i've spent all the money on the templates that i've seen coming by 500 times and just to to, and, and i just stopped i think two years ago three years ago i said you know what if they need me they will find me i just could not do it anymore i was like i cannot keep marketing myself in ways that are just not authentic to me. I cannot be talking about things that are just not authentic to me. And and everybody that is telling you otherwise, like give them to me for an hour and then we'll see what they're really selling, you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I really, that really that that I know that and I've had also people like that like you said that said that um I remember once once upon a time somebody tagged me on a trauma course. Uh, and they tagged me like Karen is it interesting for you and I'm always humble and I'm always willing to learn more right I want to learn as much as I can that I can help my clients Yeah. so I said oh and she tagged two people two healers me and another healer and, um, and I go wow thank you so much I'm always willing to learn and I did sign up for it the other person goes oh thank you but I've healed all my trauma and <laughs>
0: right.
1: extensive training. And this person then joins my group and then messages me crying every two days about things that she's experiencing. And I'm like, really? What, yeah. what did you exactly? What?"
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the big difference. I just want to make that clear. It's okay yeah. for healers who are big deal healers to behind mm-hmm. the scenes come and have sessions with me and have trainings with me. That's fine. I don't expect anyone to, even if they look no, like a big not. deal on the outside, but here's the thing, the real problem is, and this is what happened with the example I'm thinking of like, so I do work behind the scenes with a lot of very advanced healers doing mm-hmm. healing on them. That's fine. And yeah. they come uh, and put down their I'm a doctor or whatever hat and just do the work. But the, the, the issue with, it, with this particular person and that type is that, I think she didn't. She wanted training, but all she really wanted was a certificate that she could then use in a legal dispute. Ah. She didn't. She had no intention to learn anything from me, and mm. uh, and the and then oftentimes a lot of people before you train them doing have, experiencing the sessions themselves so they really understand and can learn the modality properly is something as well. But she exactly what you said. She had completely healed herself, and she was an enlightened Buddha and didn't need any personal healing. She, she doesn't have to have it from me. She could just do it in some way herself, but she was perfected in her mind, which is not true. And she had nothing to learn from me, which is also not true, uh, but which is fine because then I, I don't have to do sessions with you and don't come on my training course. That That's okay. But, but also she was very triggered of just about the the idea. And just that, you know, or if you're the teacher, she wanted to be get the training certificate, but she didn't want to learn anything from me because that would put me as higher to her. And that was unacceptable for her, you know, uh, I'm the greatest thing in the world vision of reality, which is very damaging. And so that like, the humility that one has uh, is exactly. important, you know, and like the willingness to learn and 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 the yeah. knowing that I, be- I believe what you said as well, which is, you know, the, the time that you've healed everything is the time of your final enlightenment. And that happens yeah. in, in the moment of your passing, unless you are Siddhartha Gautama, and that's one out added- <laughs> you know, uh, 10 billion. And so good luck. If you think you're that person. That, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's why I always say like being humble is so important. And I, and I think the, the, the more I know, the less I know, the more I know that the less I'm actually question everything, you know, question everything. Uh, okay. Oh, tell me more. Okay. Explain to me what, you know, that I think that just, I, I love going down rabbit holes anyway. So, so that's my thing. Um, and I'll go with you, you know. I'll go there with you, whatever you, wherever that whatever hole you're going. But it's just, it's just the, 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 understanding that we're all students here of life. Yeah. We're all students of life, and I, I'm telling you, there's so many times that I'm thinking, oh, you know, oh, I, I should just give up, right? Yeah. But but then then I know that even my part of the journey the tools that I have brought me a lot and has given me so much again so much relief and I'm and and when I'm saying relief because I I feel I'm very very bodily I feel everything in my body is that I I let I when I when I have an insight my body literally just kind of goes thank
0: you yeah
1: and why i very responsive to any type of healing, modality. <laughs> just, I'm very, very bodily and very in, in, in hypnosis and everything like that. Um, because I just, I'm just so willing. I really love that feeling of release in the body and, and those insights that just go, oh my God. Um, and I think that anything that does that to your system that gives you that yeah. in this world that we're living in. You, you, you know go for it explore it let it show you where it can take you but don't assume that you have all the answers because nobody does
0: yeah yeah that's great uh, it is like the wisdom to know that you don't know and the, the fool is the one who thinks they know everything and yeah. it, it's just sad to see those people to be honest and uh, like and 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 for us like you can't work with them like you can't teach the person who's their cup is full you have to empty it a little bit, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. you know. and so yeah. like there was actually, so that comes into when you work with people and you're doing coaching and things. So you also mentioned if people are going, have a soul crushing life experience and a yeah. part of it can be, you know, so there's a really bodily metaphor to that. You take the soul, but you have a very physical kind of a, a way of expressing it. And I think, and and that's also, you're talking about uh, insights as opposed to thinking, you know, the answer and dictating to yourself what that answer should be. So I think a lot of people, particularly uh, in the professional development, they think the answer is having more money and more success and doing more things and being the biggest and the best. And that, and so then like, well, I want you to coach me to be the biggest and the best, then I'll be the richest. Then I'll be happy. And that's what my soul wants. And then you might say, well, that's you're dictating your idea of what happiness is but you may have insights that uh, uh, have a little bit of a clash with that. So so...
1: I think that's, I think that's the whole clue about everything in life. (laughs) Uh, I think that the the biggest question you can ask someone is what do you want? And then, and then just keep asking it. Okay. But what do you really want? And then what do you really want? Um, Most people money as we know money it's just a thing and it's, it's it's what we attach to it and what we all the all the labels and values that we have given money that it's they're not real of course it's great to have it and it's it's but it's safety it's freedom it's, it's these values that we're we're going after but you don't you don't need money to give you freedom or safety there are other ways to create freedom and safety within yourself and within your body so you can already start creating that, that thing you want without having that thing we call money. So that's, that's, most of the time, um, I mean, I, I, I have many women in, in burnouts in that come to me, of course, but they because we've been so conditioned that we as women must have it all must do it all. Uh, and, and 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 then realizing like, yeah, but you know, that most of them when they're in burnout, what do they do? They go home to heal they go home and they go to their families and their children who love them and then they realize oh my god i've had value all along i've been loved all along all this worth that i was trying to get out of society in this workplace i've had it in my home um and and that is that is a great healing space for especially for women to go back to every time because they go oh my god I, I, I it's already here and, and and how do I create a life that that supports all of this, all this love that's already here and that's not giving me more but but just expanding my experience. And I think that's that's one of the the, the most difficult things that we have in in our societies right now that we attach so much to money and career uh that we think that that that's what's going to make us you know feel seen feel valued uh feel safe uh finally i have recognition but if we go back to the core of our existence our of of what we really our values we realize it's already there
0: yeah but I, i think one real problem and this is a real uh gaslighting in a way which is you talk about going back to the core values A lot Mm. of people will think, well, that's regressive and conservative. I'm progressive, and I stake my life identity to that. I'm particularly talking about America, but they are the majority of our listeners, and in the English-speaking world, they're the dominant force. And I think the cultural wars, by the way, Americans, it's not like that in in a lot of Australia or Europe. But I'd be curious what you think about that, because a progressive woman might be thinking, you're saying, you know, I thought all of this uh, work that we've done as feminists and powerful women, you don't need men, and now you're saying... You know, don't forget about, you know, being a mother, being a, a wife, being part of the family. What, what would you say to those progressives who might tense up about that? If, if
1: we, as, we as human beings have basic needs, <laughs> basic needs to belong, to be heard, to feel safe, to, you know, it's, and when we're talking about just basic needs, many of our basic needs are being met within our core values, within our core connections and our core relationships. Yet we have not been conditioned to think that that's enough. So I am not saying I'm I'm, by the way, I don't particularly consider myself a feminist because I am very much about um I'm not saying we're not going out of the, I'm, I'm not leaving my home because I've always worked, I've always uh, done things outside of the home, and I' and I always will., <laughs> uh, but, I don't believe that that defines me as uh, as a woman. Mm. About what it is, is, what it is. My value of this world, it's always going to be about how I'm connecting to my to my family and to my my the people that matter to me. It's not about how much money I'm making. It's really and actually, it's not about the impact I'm creating in the outside world. I'm sorry to say that's me, but that's me. But if I'm outside world, and I'm very famous, and I'm a freaking sucky mother, and my kids are suffering, then I'm sorry, I don't feel very good. Um, (laughs) I want to be my... Because connections matter to me. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a a good human. I want to be a good human. I'm not... I don't want to be a good career woman. I want to be a good human. And human, for me, values are love kindness you know per- all these things that matter to me um are what makes me what what i think defines as a human yeah and what i think that is what we at the end of our are in our deathbed. We want to hear from people. It's not like, oh my God, you know, all these people show up on year and they're giving a eulogy. Oh my god, she created that million-dollar company. And then your children show up at the eulogy and say, Well, she sucked as a model, she was never there. And I had and I've de- I developed a severe this disorder because she was never there. And I never re- had a relationship because she was never there. You know what? That's what matters to me. <laughs> I want my kids to at the end of the day say she was the best mom. She was completely imperfect. She was authentic she cried she raged but she was there and she knew who she was and she allowed us to be who we were that's what i want for my children and for my that's what for me matters well that
0: that's so it's so interesting like knowing who you are and i think a lot of this uh, a lot of people think they knew who they are because of the cultural conditioning they've been exposed to recently and so it just takes me back to what you said earlier on which is I'm uh, a woman of color, uh, a yeah. blonde, but also uh, got African heritage in there somewhere. And yeah. when you hear about Black Lives Matter in America, you're like, well, don't know what you're talking about. Your history is not my history. And so now yeah. you're talking about being a woman. And I don't yeah. know if I really uh, <clears throat> connect with feminism and my history is not your history. So American woman of color and uh, compl- very different to your situation, but they may be confused, or does anyone, woman, or that everybody? I think all it is showing is the cultural conditioning that we have, and that yeah. we see the world through those lenses, and then well, and that becomes our, our sense of self. And
1: the thing is that when the the problem is is that America, and I'm and I'm going to be saying very 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 bad things here now, is that we they think they define everything. What their perspective of the world is the in history is the world, yeah, and it's not. So, I I grew up in the in the Netherlands, and in, in my in my my sister, um, I remember having a conversation with her seven years younger, and and we both asked ourselves once, "We're like, did we feel that we were being held back because we were mixed blood? Did we did we feel like like we were being?" suppressed or oppressed or or as women? Yeah. We never did. Um and <laughs> we just it or we were completely oblivious to it. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but we never had that. We never felt also because of course we were we were we were coming in and we needed to learn the language. We were we didn't speak Dutch when we got there. And I and I was I was 13 so I really had to go into high school. I had to le- learn the language. I had all these things that I needed to overcome. And I never—not once did I feel that. Oh my God, my heritage is holding me back. Oh, I don't have that in me, and I never have. And my sister has the same experience. She's like, "No, what?" You know. And I think also as women, we've also and and I think the problem with with a country like the United States is that, and that's a big issue, of course. They don't have any type of health care that is not extremely expensive. They don't have free. Yeah schooling that is of quality. Yeah. So for me in the in a country like the Netherlands and even here in Portugal, if you want to go to university, go to university. It's not a thing. It's not like, oh my God, the first generation to go to... No, no, if you go down, you go. There's it's there, right? It yeah. it we're not going into depth for it. And that makes me probably so, and again, people think that you're entitled. No, that's my conditioning. That's my culture. That's my baseline in your country that would have made me entitled. But that in mind because that's not what I, what I experienced. That was not, it was not a thing there. It yeah. was a thing there. And of course you have issues around that, but I don't. And they're, but they want me to have them.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a, a key thing here is like, I'm not saying in any way that like uh, anyone's right or wrong. And exactly. so, like, so Black Lives Matter and woman feminism, feminism cultures and progression in the United States very much needs to happen in that it country. Needs to
1: happen, yes, uh, but, but it's what, not reality.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's not the. It, it comes back to that thing as well of people thinking they know all of the answers and then they mm. can impose those on everybody else. Uh, and so, certainly, or just 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 the humility or just the the clarity and understanding that there is, uh, it is really it applies in your country 100% you live there then it's 100% what exactly. you need to be there's is no issue with it but it is it can be taking any other comment by any anyone else in another culture and then cancelling it or condemning it or whatever because it doesn't fit with you but well, it doesn't have to fit and uh, it and like have to fit. yeah we, and,
1: we we don't we don't all have the same history yeah we don't all have the same reality and all realities can exist coexist at the same time Yeah. And they're all valid. But it doesn't mean that I have to take your reality and make it mine when it hasn't been my my experience. Yeah. You know, with with the Black Lives Matters was this thing that everybody's like, you have to educate yourself around the history. And I said, okay, but are you going to educate yourself about my black history then? (laughs) And that wasn't the issue. So. It is, and then okay, but I like I, I'm willing. I'm willing. That's not saying that I'm not willing. Yeah, I'm saying, but is it going both ways? <laughs> Are yeah. you willing to also understand that not all black history is the same? Uh, and that we all have our different things. I mean, I think that the Dominican Republic is a very big uh, hub of that, that you can see that black history can be completely different. It's also not pretty, pretty <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, but it's but their experience of their blackness is very different, um, yeah. and and their culture is different. So I like I never felt that that um, that color was that issue in that way.
0: Yeah, I think for me the ultimate purpose of this is to just as we as therapists we can't be drawn into the drama and be triggered by our own clients, and I th- and I think ultimately as we uh, spiritually evolve. Uh, we yeah. want to be able to see our own life from a higher perspective, and see it without, you know, immense amount of anger or injustice. Because if we have that, it burns in us, and it may then become counterproductive, or it may ke- keep us in the cycle. Well, we've been we've been condemned and judged by others, but if we just continue that, like your mother, we yeah. just kept on doing what her grandmother did, and if mm-hmm. we and if we got judged and condemned by the patriarchy. And now women are condemning and judging men, you're just doing the same thing. And sooner or later, someone's got to break the cycle cycle, and people have to see the overall system rather than my side, and and then and have a peace and a calm and a clarity, and then and just and go about your life doing the best that you can. I think one way that and so there are, but people do need to fight the fight. So at a conventional level, people need to go out and do politics. But I'm not actually interested in politics because as a spiritual healer. I'll say you you guys do all that stuff. That's fine, but my job as a therapist really is to have that higher spiritual perspective. And one we do that is by seeing uh, past lives. So I've had past lives where I've been a woman, where I've been African, where I've been Indian, where I've been uh, Mongolian, Tibetan, uh, all all of these things. So when I think about you know oh, oh but you're a white male, I'm like well kind of. You know, I've, been, I've been like <laughs> right I've been now. all I've been, <laughs> I've been all the genders and all the the nationalities yeah. through my past life recall. So yeah. when people, so people want to put you in a thing and they put, they put themselves very neatly into a, in a thing as well. And just so like, that's all fine. And that is true now, but uh, past lives is the past life awakening Institute. That's part of my perspective. And it's part of something that I've helps me not to get drawn into, into uh, any, you know, be triggered in, into any of those emotions, anger, worry, uh, injustice, all that kind of, of stuff.
1: Big, I think what that's one of the biggest things you get from past life regression is that you get that bigger picture you like it's it's all there it's all these experiences we've had them all we're going through them all and just having that wider perspective of of kind of it's it's non-judgment too it's, i mean of course we all have our feelings but it's that wide picture and understanding look why are we constantly defining ourselves in so many ways we've been in all <laughs> right um and and also don't put me in one core like don't define me I don't like being defined in one thing I yeah. I, I want to be I want to be um uh, I want it to be possible that I can explore them all yeah uh and see what's me and then choose but I don't want to be like right away put in a in a little uh
0: I I I actually don't mind being put in boxes. I just feel for the person doing it. Like, don't strain yourself putting me in a box. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Doesn't worry <laughs> me. But like, don't don't strain yourself <laughs> while you're doing it. But yeah. so so have so have you re- recalled specific past lives and have they related uh, to this life? So we're seeing a bit of your you know three cultures or three countries story. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. I
1: think one of the the. A lot of my life, as I said, it was, I always felt like I've had so much like, especially like condensed. It's like, I felt like I was in a big learning school. My my first 20 years was, even though like, I would say that my training started after I was 20 years old, my life training, my, my conditioning, my traumas, my biggest pains were those first 20 years. And I always felt that I was like, oh. I saw so many people being free to always kind of do what they wanted, and even in my and I always felt I was always so restrained, and I was I needed to like I had to fight for everything. I had to fight for every little piece that I had. I had to fight for it. And all my past lives, I think, and I've had many, um, very very different different ones. In Ireland, I was a, a mother of eight. Uh, <laughs> Uh, married to my son. <laughs> uh, I had uh, one that was in in. I think it was. I, I always felt it was around Italy. I don't think it's Italy, so, but it, it was in the Mediterranean. And I was a monk, and I lost my whole village while I was sitting quietly by a by a by a river. Um, and I and I felt like I felt so much guilt that I didn't see it happening. <laughs> um, and one of my and I always had that big like I have a big load of responsibility. And if I every time in on my life in many of my lives, I would have that sense of if I'm relaxed, something bad happened.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: <laughs> and that has been like a big theme for me to work through. Um, it's okay to relax that's okay that like not everything is gonna like if i if i if i release the control i will everything will be safe um and i had one past life here in portugal uh in which um, i i i was in the hills just 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 tending to the hills and and and, and trees and animals and 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 just thinking about it just goes. (laughs) uh and 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 i get and i like now that i'm here um i i totally see it and get it but it's my my the themes that are that have pained me the most that give me pain in my body that express themselves through pains like fibromyalgia have been around control responsibility the weight of uh, the weight of um uh, and 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 they show up the most when I don't speak up. Okay. So for me, that's a big lesson. Every time I th- I'm in resentment and I'm getting that soul-crushing pain, like "Oh my God, things are not," then my body just starts aching all over, and I can barely move. Um, and then, and then as soon as I have that energy flowing, but by stating my boundaries, by speaking up what I need in a respectful, honorable way, right? It doesn't have to be in an anger but really about speaking my truth, then those, they dissipate. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, I think that's one of the freedoms I think we, I have in this life that I didn't have in many lives because of culture, because of uh, the role of a woman uh, in, a, in back then that the freedom we have now um, like I'm not taking any of my freedom for granted as a woman these days. I'm, I'm really not saying that, um, but I, 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 believe that we as humans, we, we have, um, I think we, we're all here to connect. <laughs> yeah. and I think that's 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 what makes us human and that's what makes us whole. <laughs> yeah,
0: and in order to connect with uh, others, I think we have to connect deeply with ourselves and ourself yeah. is a myriad thing and it's not just one identity or gender so i feel a lot of actually i do feel a lot of empathy and connection to a lot of the issues but uh progressive issues because i identify with all of them in a, in a past life hence i feel on board and allied and all that kind of stuff but but less uh it's less of a life or death thing because growing up in new zealand the culture was it's just not america it's not close to it you know and so therefore that compelling need isn't there. But And and what's interesting as well, you've got that past life uh, meditating as a monk, uh, and and you've got a past life in Portugal. And recently, I'm aware that you have uh, combined those things, and you've gone on a walking pilgrimage through the north of Portugal. Is it or Portugal? Yes, a walking. It was
1: from Portugal from Porto to Santiago de Compostela. So it was from north of Portugal to Spain.
0: Yeah, Yeah. fantastic. So to me, this is about uh, you know a self care. And really walking the talk. And yeah. pilgr- pilgrimage is an uncomfortable thing. So it's a long walking tour. We did just mention before that, uh, you know, you've got these, uh, your your feet ache. And it's an uncomfortable thing to go out onto the road. But you mentioned uh, all your other aches uh, disappeared. So can you tell us yeah. about that?
1: Yeah, I think the the most the most fast, I think that was, it was just fascinating. Because I'm thinking, like, let's see what how my body's going to do, right? Let's see what my body's going to do through this. And I did I did train for it, uh, but I never did really more than I think. The, I only did one time fifteen kilometers in one day. Other days I would just do ten, uh, just to to uh, to adjust my feet. And I was doing it in barefoot shoes. I wasn't doing it in any hiking shoes. I was going barefoot shoes. I'm like, no, I'm gonna do this like the the, the I'm gonna go all out, okay. and I. By day three, I had my 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 ankles were so swollen my feet were aching. Uh one of the things that people don't realize in Portugal and a lot of the pilgrims uh suffer or have to not can complete is because of the, the cobblestones.
0: Right.
1: Oh, they just kill your feet and your ankles. Yeah. So I had like my ankles were so swollen. Um, you know, did all my yoga every day, but by day four, you just get used to it. But my all my pain in my body was gone. I had not one ache on my neck, you know, like even just sitting here, you can already go like, Oh, my neck is already a little bit tense, because I've been sitting for too long. I had not one pain in my body, except my feet. And then you just get used to the pain in your feet. And you start you stop questioning whether you're going to continue. Yeah. And that, that I thought, because I I did it as a self, self thing. It was for me, right? I I wanted to complete this. I wanted to have that sense of like I can do this. I I trained for it. I'm gonna walk my talk. I'm gonna do this thing that I want. I've been wanting to do for years. And 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 it's it's gonna be not gonna be easy, but I'm gonna complete it. It was for me for completion. And
0: how many days was it, by the way?
1: It was. It was. I was. I had 14 days, and okay. I did it in 11.
0: Wow, so, how many kilom- how many kilometers or miles?
1: It was a total of two hundred and ninety. Okay, but I walked around. I'm not sure. It's around 240, 245.
0: It's a long way. Uh,
1: because two hundred ninety was also one boat ride. We had to we had to cross over to ports. So things like that, right? Okay. Um, but it was an average. It was eleven day, two hundred forty kilometers. So, uh, my longest day I did twenty eight kilometers and my shortest was fifteen and it was just raining. We had torrential rains, so we had like a hurricane rain coming in. And and normally, so the question was the day before, oh maybe I should just take a break today. Tomorrow it's gonna be raining so much. I'll take a break. And then I got up the next day and like, no, you're not taking a break. Yeah. Like that sense of comfort that you know what you're gonna be doing. Yeah. <laughs> the next day that sense of there's no doubt all i have to do is get up and walk
0: well i like part of that you're (laughs) you're surrendering yourself to nature which is very humbling
1: it was so beautiful especially um, portugal that that I, I did the coastal area. I did the Sendalí Litoral, which was all wrapped around the corners, four walks, and it was just mind-blowingly beautiful. And um and and I would leave early so I didn't have to see other pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> I the days that I that I didn't like were the ones that I had to go through a city. I just really completely drained my energy, and I really in a very bad way. And in the days that I would that that uh, different routes would merge, and then we would have too many pilgrims, and then and then you have to, that's the thing. You then have to adjust your pace to other people, and that wasn't that you know. Then then you realize like, oh I, oh you're. That society. Oh, am I going too fast? What are they going to think? I'm going too slow. What are they going to think? Oh my god! Do I do I have to be show social now? Do I have to say something now? But I don't want to say anything now. I just want to continue my walk. I'm 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 having such a good time. So those days that I was completely alone by the coast, walking and just being mind blown by nature, were the best. And 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 it was just so soothing so soothing that there's nothing else to do than to walk right (laughs) so
0: so to me there's humility there's uh simplicity what am i going to get what am i going to do today one foot in front of the other that's it
1: yeah that's it that's it you don't have to your mind is not thinking do i have to do laundry do i have to do the groceries do i have to go there do i have to today what are you going to do i'm just going to walk and how far are you going to come i don't know yeah and how's she gonna? Kind of, we'll see. I just listen to my body. Yeah. And oh my God, it was it was fascinating. And every day, you know, you would. <laughs> it's when I ended in Santiago de Compostela. Um, I I set out the, for the last 15 kilometers very early because I wanted to get there early to get my Compostela early because otherwise will be big lines, etc. And again, I arrived. And I I arrived there. And it was early, so I had a nice empty square before the church. And I was like, okay, I got it. I got here, got my Compostela, went back, and and I and I and then everybody started flocking, like tourists, people living there, and more pilgrims. And I just, and everybody was like in this erratic energy. Kind of like, okay, we're finding where it's enlightenment. Where is it? We got here. We did it. Oh. How am I supposed to be feeling? Um, um, and now what? I, oh, I I don't feel, I didn't get, I didn't know, you know, like it was so erratic. I had to leave within the hour. I just, I did a little round for some souvenirs. Yeah. And I was out of there. And 11 days of walking, and my feet were so sore. By the time when I, when I, <sighs> got out i sat down and i had no zero pain it like it just disappeared even the pain in my feet just went away i felt nothing
0: yeah (laughs) so it really is the journey not the destination
1: (laughs) exactly it's the journey the destination what's the next camino or what's the next thing and people were really thinking that they will feel something completely like I don't know, they would see Maria coming down, bleeding her hands or something. I don't know. But it was just, and we're like, <gasps> and, and I'm like, oh, my God, people, it's journey. That, that, that's the thing. It's it, it was, but it was so good. It was so good. And and I'm already thinking, what's the next one?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also travel uh, an enormous amount. I'm on a trip now and it's something that has really helped me as a healer it helped me understand that i'm a new zealand-born human life form conditioned by that and then i'd go and live in places like india and get culture shock and just be amazed entranced horrified uh in, in equal measures uh this and this is all wrong why are they doing it like this and realizing that you know they're all right i'm the only one wrong thinking that it's wrong uh, and then going through that whole process. And so once you adjust, the the funny thing is, and I I, I then realized that the second half of the journey becomes when you go back. And so go, living for years in India and then going back to my country and getting reverse culture shock of being culture shocked by the place I'd like at, because I'd forgotten it, I'd adapted to where I was. And that's the kind of thing as well. So I'm interested in uh, this journey that you've gone on. Uh, you know, you, you learn those things, there's the journey of walking, but then how do you integrate that? Because it's not the big payoff you get at the end; it's the way that it's seeped into your being, and then that will influence. You know that lets you know who you are, and it and uh, and you take that into your your daily life going forward.
1: Yeah, that's 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 an ongoing process. <laughs> I, I I got back and. Um... And I think so, as I said, like all the pain, I had no pain in my body. I was like so excited. I was I was writing new things for a program. And I'm like, I'm pain free now. <laughs> and then and then life life starts again. <laughs> and that's so where you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh but I but the lessons are there, and the lessons are very simple. I need to move more. I need to move. For me, movement just heals me so much. I need to move in nature um um and yeah. I need and I need my routine I really need a a routine that just centers me every day and I knew this but I I've never seen the effects so profoundly shown to me as during that pilgrimage yeah so I realized now again I felt like <laughs> I can't write this copy like this because I am I'm saying I I'm like, but it's like a fake but I did learn and um and it's about implementing again we we you know lessons are nothing without without the implementation and um and about and I'm, I'm I'm very much about walking my talk but I'm also very much about showing the progress within walking that talk that it can be one step at a time and that uh that it's it's easy to be a monk in a monastery and be there completely if then all the time or if i can be in pilgrimage all the time yes that's easy but that's not my reality so how can we implement these 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 practices in a way that fits our daily life as uh <laughs> humans during this time right um so anybody that 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 says to me oh, you have to do this every day i'm like okay that's good uh, I would really, really love to do that. You come walk, up, you come, you know, <laughs> be my life for 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 a year, and then you tell me if that if that's realistic. You, if you think that's realistic, so I'm I'm very much also about looking with my clients in that way at their lives. What works for you? You know, we can all think we have the wisdom, yeah. but um, it has to work for their life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's you know, important. Those personal life choices that you make coming back, and I think you know, creating situations where you are forced to be humble, you know, by you know, a, a physical exercise, moving your your body, and also yeah. um, the great another amazing thing about the pilgrimage walk is that there's a frugality involved you don't mm-hmm. need like if people walking along doesn't some of them are rich some of them are not doesn't matter that much they're all just people putting one step in front of the other but there's also uh, relying on people each step of the way so yeah. uh so and uh, you don't have you know that little cocoon of wealth or uh things around you and you're reliant on situations to sort of uh uh, where's the next meal coming from? I don't know. I don't have my favorite oh. restaurant. I don't have the concierge who knows me. I don't have the the car and the, the reserved parking space. I'm just going to walk up in my shoes and uh, and and I hope I get fed. And that and, and, I, no, had
1: and <laughs> I had yeah. a few of those. I had a few of
0: those because in that in that cocoon, people can fall into the illusion that I'm totally self reliant and I don't need other people and I can do everything myself, which just then seeps into some of these other things but that's not you know or like you know even like the old, you know uh the feminist movement for example you mentioned that at the end of the day it does come back to the community the family that these things are sort of basic stuff and it's not uh and uh so but a lot of people do get a little bit uh over emphasizing that i can do i can do it all and i don't need anyone else to help me and i think ultimately we, we are interconnected and and that and that kind of mindset can be a little bit over isolating and ultimately isn't true enough that's you know uh the truth will set us free and if we tell ourselves things that aren't true they'll come back and bite us sooner or later and and so i think having situations that really remind you of that uh are that you're relying on others and that you're not no one's so great that they can't uh learn something from somebody or uh or, or are completely developed And so I think that's a, it's a nice lesson to take back as well. And you can learn it from nature. You can learn it from a therapist. You can learn it from a teacher, whatever it is, whatever works for you at that time, but just having that. uh, And that's the antidote to I know everything, or I can insulate myself from the reality realities of life. When the Buddha did that for, you know, 28 years, he was insulated in his perfect little kingdom. I think a lot of people in the West are kind of a little bit like that. And that was for me, like going to India and just seeing like, actually, I was living in a tiny bubble of about ten percent of the world lives like this, and ninety percent of the world lives like that. And this is the world that you're living on. I didn't really, you know, you have no concept of what this planet is if you stay in those ten percent bubbles, which is what you know most people do. And we're lucky enough to be listening to podcasts and all that stuff. And (laughs) And um, I think
1: I think that's why I think travel is so important. I think travel is so important to just broaden your perspective to see, like, oh my God, there are so many realities coexisting at the same time. That's what I'm saying about all these things that are happening in the world, there's yeah. so many realities coexisting at the same time, and they're all real. They're yes. all, all true for that person, because that's where they are in yeah. that bubble. And, yeah. and
0: the United States is a bubble of less than 5% of the world's population. 95% of the world doesn't know what, you know, has no concept of what's happening. I know. And it does it's, it's, it's kind of like like people say, I look into the night sky and I see so many stars and I feel humbled. You don't have to look that far.
1: <laughs> you're,
0: you're one little one little bubble and there are 95 percent of the rest of the world is is an unknown universe in a lot of ways. but but knowing that you don't know is is that one important thing and yeah, and whatever you can do to be more exposed to greater versions of reality is ultimately helpful.
1: Absolutely, I would say when people say like, "Oh, that's weird," I say, "No, it's different." That's yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's oh, but that's weird. No, it's different. Something that you just never experienced, different doesn't mean it's weird. It's just you haven't, you don't, <laughs> you don't know where it's coming from, and and I think that's one of the the, the main things that uh, for us as also a therapist, that eh, to be so aware uh, of of of. That, that bigger picture all the time be willing to be to not know yeah be willing to not know to say oh like look I this is not my experience I've never experienced what what you have experienced because it was my reality tell me more because it's their truth <laughs> yeah but but, but we you know therapists are supposed to right away try to define them define that that's not true or no no look, this is you your experience (laughs) or am i to say that that didn't happen that that was not that's your perception and a perception is truth for that first person so it's it's so important to broaden our humility all the time on all aspects (laughs) all aspects the more i know the less i know
0: yeah i I live in thailand uh, a lot of the time uh and you'll get people like Germans, for example, who come over and like, you must follow the rules. You must do that. You must drive like this. These Thai people are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're upset. They've And you're getting a bit crazy about how they're crazy. You're the only crazy one here. They're doing it the right way. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, and, it's, and, it, and it's very easy to pile on to a German tourist. Uh, and I'll just say a New Zealander might say the same thing. So I'll put myself on that boat. But ultimately, all of us, Anytime we're looking at another another group of people, it is still another culture. And we're saying it's wrong and our way right. And it's, a, it's really the same thing. So it's easy to say a tourist mm-hmm. is the is the odd one out. But really, anytime we're judging any other cultural context, and those cultural contexts exist within cities and families and whatever. And so that's one thing as a therapist, we really learn. You can't judge people and you have to understand their model of the world and work within it rather than rage against it and that's uh you know so as therapists that's,
1: that's and that's a very i, I mean i I've, I've seen so many so many therapists who are always who do just know this is right and this is wrong this is how relationships are this is how, relationships are. This is how things not this is like yeah, that, you're not giving that that client freedom to define what what it is for them and what is right for them we're not here to define other people's choices we're here to to help them go to where they need to be and what is right for them, uh, and and it's not my moral compass uh, of of whatever that might be that's who am I to judge, right? Yeah. Uh, and but I do see that a lot, and and then and 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 they then come to me later <laughs> after they've been to them, and they're like, and <laughs> I'm like, yeah.
0: What, what kind of happened? What kind of people are these? That <laughs> these are clients, or
1: yeah, clients. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very difficult when you know. I think one of the most damaging thing that things that therapists can say to someone is you need a lot of therapy. <laughs> uh, and I've I've gone into very big rants about that. Um, I think one of the I think we all want to be. Um, we're gonna be okay um and yes there we have a lot to play with but it, like when you say to somebody you're so damaged you need a lot of therapy <laughs> I, I don't believe in breaking somebody down first yeah. to then build them back up and I, I i i just like i i go from a right away from a place of love it's like okay well interesting enough. A lot has happened, you know, well, we have a lot to play with, you know. Uh, but I would never say you need a lot of therapy. Yeah. And, and they see that like, almost like a moral obligation <laughs> to, to to tell them how broken they are. And I don't believe in people in, in, in I, I, I like to work from a place of, oh, we're going to be, you know, we're going to do this together. And we've got this, but not from a place of brokenness um and that really um and i get a lot of those people that have yeah. gone through conventional therapy uh and they're just you know in therapy for 10 years because <laughs> they're still broken you know because that's what they're hearing all the time that they're broken and that that really that really just my my healer heart just um <laughs> yeah
0: so, so what are some key takeaways you can give to uh, to therapists or people uh, developing on the therapist path?
1: Again, yes, as we all know, we do need to do the inner work ourselves, but we don't have to be there. We can just be in the process um, and, and be honest about that you're in the process. You only have to be a few steps ahead of our clients, <laughs> of matter speak. Um, do, do, broaden your perspectives by exploring different modalities because they give you all different uh ways of doing things and don't stick to you know don't don't try to be perfect nobody's looking for perfection i think perfection is overrated um and i and and the more that the, the 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 traditional therapist with the <laughs> um there's no there's no bonding there and i think again connection matters i think relationships heal um you know that that that, that rapport um energy is important uh and, and 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 i think one of actually one of the most important parts of your work <laughs> is that rapport that connection you have it's not about being entangled with your client it's not about going completely into their emotions but it's really about having that connection and and t- and and reflecting back to them that you know that you're gonna you know they're not broken <laughs>
0: yeah well for, for me one of the key things is it's a lot easier to get into a rapport with other people if you're in deep rapport with yourself
1: exactly,
0: exactly. and that and that means taking that, the that, time that
1: says everything that sums it up nicely thank there you, <laughs> you yeah yeah. And so, and I so yeah. So, I think the most important
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so doing things like you've done, uh t- taking the time out to not see people for 14 days, to do a difficult, uh, humbling experience of a pilgrimage ultimately helps increase your self-rapport uh and and is uh, really helpful. So you're really walk literally walking the talk. It's great to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, my, my best friend said to me, you have to go live every day and with walk your talk. And I'm like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got that. But at the same time, I was, you know, it was for me. It was also that personal aspect of it. I'm like, I don't want to have to.
0: Well, know, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's a it's a marketing, uh, what we do. Yes. And uh, social media is another another thing. But I'm very grateful that, you're into the YouTube and podcasting world enough to come in and, and give us your yeah. report back from yes. uh, from the pilgrimage trial. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, is anywhere uh, where people can find you on uh, your Instagram, Facebook?
1: Yes. Well, I'm, I'm mostly on Facebook um, the Vibrant Sensitive. Uh, it's just the Vibrant Sensitive. You, you look that up on Facebook and I have a Facebook group um that i'm that's where i'm mostly in um i i do a lot there i do a lot of lives uh energy reports healing moments all these things i do that in my group Um, that's my safe space and um so if anybody wants to join me there welcome i love it there (laughs) great to see you again so so nice to see you mark thank you
0: thanks karen okay bye okay actually i'll just do a little bit of a thing so uh so for people that so you do use social media so for people that want to find out and follow you where can they do that so i'll just yeah. cut i'll oh. cut and i'll just cut and splice it sorry so that's the intro because i just went oh i forgot by the way oh
1: okay <laughs> you know, so i'm gonna move
0: that back there okay okay
1: okay Yeah. So uh, a bit of
0: editing yeah so actually anything so uh now we're off camera a little bit but like anything else you wanted to cover or uh,
1: I also have, of course, I'm also on Instagram, but I'm not very active on Instagram, really. It just posts from Facebook. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm the most active. on. I'm a Facebook mom, as my kids say. Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> okay. well, great to see you again. Thanks so much. Thank Bye. you, Mark. Okay, we did it. Yay. Yay. Hey.
1: That was uh, <laughs> we almost two hours in or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. No. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, really nice one. A lot of really good points there. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting stuff
1: life is fascinating isn't it i, I think i well the, i again i and i will keep saying the thing to the day that i die the, the more i know the less i know and i'm just you know excited always to see where what else is there you know
0: yeah
1: yeah how long are you in brazil for
0: uh, long- i'm for the first time in a year i'm thinking about heading back so i'm not that's a good question and i've been the last day or two i've been like putting my head back and i've been thinking i'll go back to bangkok and I've been, I've been I, I don't know if I can live in this. I, I've i been by a beach for most of the time for the last three years. And I don't know if I can be in the middle of the city. And I think I might, I think I that part of my life might be over. And I just yeah. realized that in the last few days, looking back, oh I used to stay in this place, that place going, mm. you know, Lumbini park's really nice. If you've been there, like There's a big out, you know, like central park, we sort of next to that, but still, you know, <laughs> so yeah so I'm just uh, having that integration after this big South America trip which is now a year and just see how it goes so yeah so so we'll, we'll see I'm really but it's...
1: Curious to see because uh, I think it's, it's very I mean I mean I, again Asia and South America are completely different energies uh, yet um, real life is still very much real life <laughs> yeah <laughs> I,
0: i've got a feeling i might be heading for my portuguese farmhouse kind of a lifestyle now Ooh. that that part of my life might be kicking and i'm also going to be 50 and at the end of the year so oh, it's it's, nah. a, it's a genuine life phases are happening
1: oh wow wow yeah.
0: but like fantastic. yeah
1: fantastic fantastic
0: yeah all good Thank i've had you so
1: much, Mark.
0: yeah lovely to see you yeah so lovely can't... to
1: see you and i'll uh i'll yeah. keep tracking your processes <laughs> excellent
0: yeah that's it see you on uh an instagram or whatever it is yeah. as well yeah thanks okay. so much okay bye
1: have bye. a great day bye.
0: You too. thanks for listening or watching to find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy, or regression to this life, past lives, between lives, or spirit-releasement therapy, then visit my website thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening, and see you next time.